What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Love Cast. And in today's episode, Jordan, Butsy, and I are going to react to the Bradley Beal to the Suns trade. All right. I'm here with Jordan and Butsy, and we are going to begin by reacting to the Bradley Beal trade. We're going to talk about Beal as a player. We're going to be talking about the trade from the Suns' end and the trade from the Wizards' end. So, let's start with Beal as a player. Um, I, I just went through, and I really tried to look at him as a player. I wanted to kind of understand him better because he doesn't really play that much. So, he's played 11 seasons and has only played 82 games twice and since the 2019 and 2020 season, he has not played more than 60 games every every season. So 2019-2020, he has not played more than 60 games in a season. He is averaging 23.2 points, 5.4 assists, and 3.1 rebounds last season. Um, and he has averaged... Something that I've noticed about him is his assist-to-turnover ratio and his assist ratio in general, or turnovers ratio in general so 3.4 turnovers per game 3.1 turnovers per game 3.4 turnovers per game 2.9 turnovers per game and then last season um he averaged 2.9 turnovers per game as i mentioned so he clearly turns the ball over a good amount um his assist to turnover ratio right now is 5.4 to 2.9 that comes out to the ratio being 1.8 that is one of the bottom tiers he's lower than like jared allen and his assist to turnover ratio which is not great um, he's just really a catch and shoot or shot creator as well, but his catch and shoot numbers honestly aren't that great. More of just like a shot creator guy. Um, he scored the 70th most total points this season. So not points per game, but total points. He scored the 21st most points per game this season. So he's on par with Kristaps Porzingis. Um, and then he was 32nd in assists per game. So he's on par with Jimmy Butler and Kyrie. So that's all right company. He is 29 years old and he's missed 19% of his games in his career. Um, and then I want to talk about his contract. $46.741 million next year. $50.203 million in 2024-2025. $53.66 million in 2025 and 2026. $57.128 million in 2026 and 2027. So he is the second highest paid player and the NBA right now behind Nikola Jokic. So, we'll start with you, Butsy. How do you feel about Beal as a player? Just the player, not the trade. Um, I, I, I like him as a player. Um, he's been stuck in DC forever. Um, and and you know, when I think of Bradley Beal, I don't really think of the second highest paid player in the NBA. Like yes. that, that is not the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, especially a guy that's averaging, what'd you say was 23 points over his career? Yeah, over his career, I th think it's 22 points, but that last season, it was even, 22. E even worse, he's averaging 22 yeah. points over the course of his career, and he's the second highest paid player in the NBA just because he plays on one of the worst franchises in the NBA. Like, I think that's, you know, something to not be, uh, not go unnoticed. Um, I, I don't think he's that great. Like, he's he's been very good, but 22 a game for your career and, the second as played player in the in the league, like that doesn't really check out in my opinion. Um, but I think he's good. Like he's he's going to be a good role player for this team, a good addition, but um, not worth all this money that the Suns are going to be paying him. Yeah. So just cleaning it up, he's averaging twenty two point one points, um, two point five turnovers, four point three assists, and I can't find his rebounding numbers. Oh, here it is: four point one rebounds per game. 
Um, the reason he got that big contract is because he averaged 30 points per game in 2019, 31 in 2020, and then had to drop off 23, 23 um, for the for 2021 and 2022 respectively. He actually averaged the same amount of points in the last two seasons, which is kind of crazy, 23.2. Um, so he's had a significant drop off, and he's only he is 29, so you're going to be paying him. Fifty-seven million dollars when he is thirty-four years old, which or thirty-three Jesus years old, Christ. which is a disgusting number, especially for a guy who has been dealing with significant injury issues. Jordan, who? What is your take on Bradley Beal? Well, I do think it's interesting that you brought up the how overpaid he is, and I agree with that. He's also one of like ten guys in NBA history to have a no trade clause in his contract, so the team can only trade him if he wants that. And and that's very rare to see that. So he's definitely, he's been given a lot by the wizards. And I mean, I, I'm not going to fault him for that. Like I don't see him as that upper echelon of player, but I do think we kind of just tore into him a little bit there unnecessarily. I think he's a great player. He almost, he came in second in the scoring race two years ago. He lost to Steph. He averaged 31 points a game and, uh, being in Washington and being on a losing team when you're that good of a player, I think wears on you and is tough. I think for the Suns, if Bradley Beal is your third option, you got to be feeling really good about your offense and, and your offensive production, how many points you're going to score. He's not an amazing catch and shoot guy. He doesn't have amazing catch and shoot numbers, but I do think as a third guy, he's going to have a ton of open looks this year. Like, and he can still create off the bounce. Like we said, that's what he best at but I think his three-point percentage might go up his three-point volume will prop will most definitely go up so I think Brad Beal as a third option is an unreal offensive package that you're looking at so yeah I mean I agree with that I, I I think that's getting more into the contents of the trade um yeah for sure yeah I think so yeah let's do it now we'll talk about the Suns part of this um so this the, the trade as a recording I believe they just added two more players from the Wizards' end. Um, it sounds like they added some a G leaguer who like has spent the majority of his time in the G League for the Wizards, and then they added um, another. I think like really not really important player. No offense to that player on the Wizards' end, but <laughs> so it's Beal and those two players, and then. The Wizards receive CP3, who is going to be rerouted or bought out. Shamit, uh, second round, handful of second rounders, whatever the fuck that means, and multiple pick swaps. So it's still getting figured out. Um, from the Suns' end, currently on their roster, they have DeAndre Ayton, KD, Booker, Campaign, Beal, Ishmael, Wainwright, and those two guys that are coming from the Wizards. Um, so. I hate this trade for the Suns. I'll be honest with you. I know you th- you guys will think that I'm like going in on Brad Beal, and I'm not trying to. I think that the NBA public knows his name and thinks that he's a really solid player. He's a solid player who gets paid like a number one player in the entire league. I do think he'll have moments where he has like 30-plus points, and people are going to be like, oh, Brad Beal, this was a great trade. The Suns are fucked. Um, and the only reason I, I really hate this trade is is for the the way that the finances work out. So I did a bunch of research on it. The way that the CBA rule is going to be starting in a couple of weeks is there's going to be two aprons. 
apron two for next season um is when you go over seven it's estimated to be over 17 and a half million over your cap hit so the the set cap for next season is 123 million dollars so 17 and a half would be would bring you to 151.5 million um if you go over that much for your cap you are you are an apron two team and an apron two team is the closest thing that we're going to have to a hard cap in the nba right now because if you're an apron two team for the next season and for the future as long as you are an apron two with your cap uh, you get no mid-level exception. So, for example, that would be the Lonnie Walker deal for the Lakers. Um, that would have been, I think, was Danilo our MLE? No, we traded for him. I don't think we ended up using our MLE as Celtics, um, but there's been good players added on the mid-level exception. You can do no cash in trades, so you can't trade cash or take cash on. You can't take higher salaries back, so you can't absorb salary. Um you can't trade first round picks seven years in the future, which the Suns have no first round picks until seven plus years in the future. So they can't trade any of their first round picks. That's why they go had to go all second rounders. And then you can't sign buyout players. That one is big. That one would have been, you know, potentially Chris Paul. Last year it was Kevin Love. Um, I think Reggie Jackson, maybe like those are you can get good players on the buyout market. Um so all that is what happens that all that gets triggered in apron two. Suns currently their current cap space or sorry their current active cap is one hundred seventy one point two nine nine million. Okay, that's with seven players on their roster. It's actually going to be higher when they get those two other guys um, on the team. So it's going to be higher than that with seven players on their roster, and they are for their cap room. They're minus eighty one million dollars. That's the what they have for cap room. So the only way they can fill this roster out is by bringing on guys that they think would, you know, are going to ring chase and offer them like one year, one point six million dollar um, contracts. You're building around KD, who is a really bad injury history, Bradley Beal, who has a really bad injury history, and DeAndre Ayton, who doesn't really want to be in Phoenix. The rest of those guys, I'm sorry, but Ish Wainwright and the other two guys that we don't even know who they are. Um, I don't know that they're going to be you know, great enough to solidify your bench. I think the first thing is that DeAndre Ayton has to be moved to make cap space. I think you move him and take on three lesser players, but you got to do it to get more bodies in the room. Um, I want to start with you, Jordan. How do you feel about this trade for the Suns, knowing all that information? I did not mind this trade for the Suns. I think they, last year, went all in for KD. They gave up a million first-round picks, gave up good role players in Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, and they didn't have enough. And then this year, I mean, they're they're leaning into that, right? So this is their window. They see this as their window, and they want to win now. Their, their, their future was already fucked, in my opinion. So may as well throw away a couple more second-rounders to get another really good player. Chris Paul also was making way too much money. Obviously, Bradley Beal's in that same boat, but Bradley Beal is a far better player in this at this point in their careers than Chris Paul is. So I think that's a obviously a huge upgrade. They are better today than they were yesterday. And I think that the DeAndre Ayton stuff that you mentioned can actually save them and give them a chance to, to be a contending team. Because if you move Ayton, which they should have done a while ago, I think you can get at, at least valuable role players like you mentioned. 
I don't think there's a market for Aiton, is what I've heard, is that they've been trying to move him and no one, there's no takers. I think they would have moved him if there's been I mean, market. it seems like the Pacers would take him. They signed him, I, didn't they? No, I think they would have taken him last season when they signed him, but now it seems that they're all set with Miles Turner and they're not moving off of him. And they're yeah, we'll see. I, I still think someone would take a chance on DeAndre Ayton, um, someone with a young core. And I do think the Suns will be able to get at least marginal role players and, like you said, be able to fill up their roster and have more than seven guys signed to a team, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, the guys that you want, if you're looking for a ring-chasing guy who's at $1.6 million, why would they not go to Denver and play with Jokic? I mean, who who's to say that Denver wants that guy? Like, there's so right. many that's of what, those guys. They're not, not going to the play. They're not going to yeah, play. That's a good like, point. They're not going to play over Bruce Brown and Christian Brown, they, who just built their entire, like, Denver's entire identity. Yeah, fair. Butsy, how do you like it's the not... trade for the Suns? What are you saying, Jordan? I was just going to say, it's not like the Suns are going to go out and get some top-level role players that are going to be huge game right. changers. They, they're they going to be able to go out and get bodies who are serviceable. And I don't know what's happening with like Jacques Landale and all the other sons that were on the roster last year. Uh, like, is Joshua Kogi still on the team? Is Tory Craig? No, like, they're, is they're, he going to um, get re-signed? Yeah, they're. They said I saw that they're going to try and re-sign those guys, but those guys are going to be command. I mean, I would imagine Jacques Landale gets paid. Um, but those guys are also in that mid mid tier level of contracts the middle class contracts that are getting eradicated with the apron so it'll be interesting to see if they end up taking less money might be a tough year for them yeah that's true go ahead butsy i don't the suns don't have enough right now to go win a title like i don't think adding bradley beal makes them immediately better than denver in in any way um like jordan said they have like seven six seven guys on the roster right now and those six or seven guys cannot win you a title. Um, I, I think they do need to move eight in and get just some serviceable bodies to play alongside them. But I really think it's going to be if they can get a serviceable big man. Um, if they can get a serviceable five, like a Kavon, like a Kavon Looney esque player. I know Looney is kind of like the the gold standard for for role player big men, but someone like that who just fucking gets rebounds and just knows their role every single night on the floor, has no problem scoring, you know, 10 points or zero points, but he gets like 15 rebounds a night, it feels like. Someone like that would be instrumental for this team. Um, They don't need any floor generals, so they need just – they could take like a, I don't know, some kind of serviceable point guard who can shoot the ball probably um, and doesn't make mistakes. So I think that's kind of what they're looking for. I don't really know who that could be. Um, Possibly someone from – maybe the Pacers or someone from a shitty team that's just not in a position to, or doesn't have really kind of any direction. Just whoever um, wants DeAndre Ayton. Maybe whoever that, wants DeAndre Ayton. That team. Yeah. Give, <laughs> just give them, just give the Suns something. Like I'm, I'm yeah. sure Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant and Devin Booker will be okay with pretty much like anybody. Like, yeah, they, I mean, Lord knows they're going to get hurt too. Most likely they always oh, do. Yeah. Especially Brad, especially Beal and KD. Beal's had, Bill and KD have had probably some of the most injuries in the, uh, the NBA in the last couple of seasons. And where's that team going to be when they go come into the playoffs? Are they going to get hurt and they're going to lose so many games in the regular season because they have nobody else that they're going to be a six seed that they're going to be a possible seventh, like a possible playing team. If they get injured that much, like I don't want to throw out the, what is the hypothetical injuries, but it's something to think about. Like if these stars go down, which they've been like showing that they have, been doing in the most in in the recent seasons this team is going to be in a world of trouble 
um, come playoff time when, you know, the role players have been playing for most of the season. And now you got to go up against Denver. You got to go up against Golden State. Probably not Denver because I don't think they'll be an eight seed, but possible Golden State or possible Sacramento in round one. Dude, like, what about the Thunder? Like, the Thunder are going to be solid too. Like that. Thunder like, are going to be good SGA? too. Right. I mean, probably I would say if they can keep a Kogi, it'd be a Kogi. Yeah. Um, Just to clean up real quick, uh, the other guys in the trade were um, Jordan Goodwin, who, uh, yeah, so Jordan Goodwin and Isaiah Todd. I actually knew Isaiah Todd. And Isaiah Jordan Todd. Goodwin, yeah, I, Jordan Goodwin went off the last, like, four games. Um, he had, like, over 30 minutes per game, uh, averaging six points per game for the Wizards. But, yeah, um, so, yeah, you, a couple things that you said, Butsy, that I really liked. One, I think... This opens up the DeAndre Mark DeAndre and market now because they're clearly just going to have to bite the bullet and take, you know, a lesser package for him. You're not going to get like the DeAndre Ayton trades before where Jordan Poole for DeAndre Ayton straight up something of that nature. Now it's going to be like taking on three, you know, medium like relatively average players just to make the contracts work, just to literally have more bodies on your team. Um, so I think he, I totally think he's gone by Thursday, which is the draft night. Um, and yeah, I mean, like Butsy said, I mean, injuries are just gonna fuck this team. I want to talk playing wise with the Suns. I don't. Wait, hang know... on, Max. I I want to ask you a question. Yeah, about go the ahead. trade. So, if you're the Suns, like, what would you have done this year? Would you have kept Chris Paul and re-signed him and ran it back with that team with the? Chris... No, no, no. I just wouldn't have done the Bradley D book like. But I mean, what 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 other option is there? Like, you're either paying Chris Paul, letting him go for nothing, or you're trading him for the best you can get. And I think this is the best they could have got for Chris Paul. I think you're looking at it in a vacuum, like just looking at what the trade package was. Because if you look at it in a vacuum at the trade package, I mean, Chris Paul, you know, um, a couple of handful of seconds and multiple pick swaps is a steal for Bradley Beal. That, oh, that rhymed nicely. But I think... You, you got to look at this contract is really tough and it really limits what they can do. And I don't think the big three model really works, right? Like, have we seen what big three have we seen work in the modern NBA? We'll say 2015 to whatever. And it, that isn't Clay Thompson, Draymond Green and um, Steph Curry. You can't, but you can't say what, what big three has worked. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. The big three that worked in that era. That's a really and then good LeBron point. was before it. Like, well, the right, Cavs my... had a big three with Caleb and Kyrie and LeBron. That was before it, though, or I guess during it. I think more, I think there's been a transition that started around 2019, 2020 from the big three era to now big two with just because of the way that the cap is working out now. You can't really afford a big three. It's becoming this big two where you're filling it with really high end role players. And I think that's the formula for success. I don't know if the big three is the formula for success anymore. And I think personally, I would have done the CP3, whatever CP3 trade you could get to fill out your roster because they were already short. We talked about that being the biggest issue for the Suns already is that they're already short. You know the two stars that you have in KD and Booker. I think you trade those other guys for solid role players and build out around, around them like that is what I would have done. But I'm not a GM. I'm not that smart. I just looking at the finances of it, I see a big red like issue. That's all. Yeah, I'm that's fair. I, I just don't know if they could have done that trade for oh, Chris Paul, but sorry. The other thing is that Booker's due for an extension next year, which yeah. you obviously do. 
and that extension is going to make him one of the highest paid players in the NBA. So yeah. you're really fucked because Booker <laughs> is not the guy you're leave, you're losing. You don't Booker is the guy that could change your city and get you your championship. Like Booker is our the Jason Tatum for the Celtics is what Booker is for the Suns. You don't get rid of him. You don't get rid of players like that. No, I agree. Um go ahead. You can talk about the on-court stuff now. I'm excited yeah, so to get on, into that. The on-court fit is really interesting. I think Bradley Beal is a little bit of a ball stopper in a way. He's an elite he was an elite scorer. He still is an, a, a really above average uh, shot creator. Jordan mentioned his catch and shoot numbers have been going down. He can pass a little bit, not a ton, but he also was on the Wizards. So it's not like he was passing to great players. Um, his defense is he's a average to below average defender. And I feel like I'm disparaging him. But I think like if you've watched him and looked at his numbers, I don't think I'm being too harsh or critical on him. I think that's what he is. I don't think he's a top 20 player. He's on the fringe, though. Yeah, he's top 25. I mean, it's it's weird because he's injured, but when he's healthy, he's awesome. Yeah, and there's also going to be the thing where you're not in Washington anymore and you're going to be playing for something, so he's going to get a kick from that. So we can't fully evaluate what he's going to look like. That being said, I have real questions about who facilitates because I don't want um, Devin Booker losing any touches or shots to Bradley Beal because I think Devin Booker obviously extremely efficient and I like it better when they have a true point guard to facilitate and set up KD and Booker. I hope I guess who would you rather it be Booker or I mean KD or Beal taking on the facilitator role because someone has to do it. It's it's going to be Beal. Um it's going to have to be Beal. Beal is a shot creator, like Jordan said. And when you shot create, you draw a lot of attention, whether it's driving or whether it's your ability to make shots. You're going to draw attention to yourself and you're going to draw two a lot of times, especially when, you know, he hits his first couple. So I think Booker and KD played really well together. I think adding a third weapon like Beal, where it's not, he's not completely ball dominant to the point where the ball needs to... Like he needs to be able to like to shoot the ball every time down the floor. Like I don't think that's gonna happen with him. I think his points will probably stay around like twenty a game. But I will. I really hope and and believe that his assist number uh, assist numbers will increase um, because he's playing with guys two of the best scorers in the NBA. Like how can you not trust swinging on the rock, making an extra pass, or giving up a good shot for a great shot um, to one of the best players in the world? So I yeah. think Beal will take on that facilitating role. But if they get Tyus Jones, I mean. <laughs> This yeah, team is destined best, for a title. Best point guard in the league, I think. Um, he could start on 32 teams or 31, whatever he, team. He really could. Yeah. Uh, 31 teams. Yeah, that would be sick. We're going yeah. back to the Supersonics. That would be cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think, think we should. I agree. One of the three stars obviously has to make that transition. And I agree with Butsy that it, it's going to be Beal. And I think this is one of the instances where we have to look a little bit deeper than just what the numbers say about Bradley Beal and his facilitating and playmaking. Obviously, Max mentioned his assisted turnover stuff not being where you want it to be if that's your facilitator, but Bradley Beal is a very smart basketball player. He's been in the league for a long time. He's skilled. He can handle. He sees the court well. And I think in Washington, he's getting doubled all the time. He's trying to force shots. He's trying to force himself to get in the paint um, because he's not. he doesn't have the guys around him, and he knows he has to do a lot of it himself. But if you watch Beal, a lot of the times, like he's he makes the right decision. He is a smart player, and I think he will be able to make this transition. It's not going to be seamless. 
because he's never been in this position before. But I do think he basically plays point guard for this team because, to be quite frank, there's no one else that you would want to play as your starting point guard. No offense to campaign, who I think is a serviceable backup point guard. But I think Beal will be able to make that transition. And it's going to it's going to be how far this team goes will depend on how well he can make that transition. All right. Uh, I saw Katie say this the other day um, in a quote. He's a Hall of Fame all-star score player. Sorry. Calling him just score is diminishing to who he is. Is Bradley Beal right now a Hall of Famer? No. Hell no. I I, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> the NBA Hall of Fame or the Basketball Hall of Fame is, it is so easy. easy. Yeah, it is. So easy, easy to get into. So who knows? I mean, but, like, but he has no MVPs, no... Not even no anymore. scoring titles, no scoring titles, no, um, no, obviously not even, not even close to a ring. Um, yeah, I think he has he one has... Eastern Conference final. Yeah, how many all stars? Three all stars. The um, the argument that I heard get brought up this season was is Jimmy Butler a Hall of Famer? And he's like a fringe Hall of Fame guy based on his career accomplishments. So if he's fringe, I think Bradley Beal is not even close right now. You guys, real not quick, want to. Guys, real quick, want to hear my expansion idea? NBA expansion yes. idea? Okay. Yes, oh, sure. So each team is 15. There's 15 in the West, 15 in the East. Okay. My idea is you move the Grizzlies to the East. Makes sense because they are in the fucking East. And <laughs> yeah, that's, you add yeah, Vegas. You add Vegas and Seattle. Two teams there. That's my take. Vegas needs a team. Vegas. Yeah, Seattle like... needs it first. Seattle, Seattle deserves that team first and then Vegas. Seattle does deserve it. But Vegas, I mean just the hub for just like just degenerate sports like yeah, everything uh we saw like the their fan Shout base too nice. like they actually despite their nfl fan base kind of being ass with the raiders i mean not that the raiders are from vegas anyways but yeah. like the knights are those fans are legit, unbelievable yeah. they they are legit sports fans uh i think adding an nba team there would be great um, I, I think they'd be pretty good too. I mean, the the Knights did win in what was it six years playoffs in four, uh, title so in six. I think the owner said he called yeah, yeah. a shot like a couple years he ago. Said title in five, it ended up being six. But I mean, that's fucking yeah, awesome. something like that. It's pretty pretty damn cool. So yeah. I think Vegas, I think a team in Vegas would be great, and obviously Seattle deserves a team as well. Um, Seattle should I mean, be the, the first. Supersonics. Seattle should be the first. I also, if it if you don't go to Vegas, dude, give Vancouver a shot again. I the like please, that'd be fun as fuck. Get another Canada, Canadian more team. Canada. Yeah, I'm down for that. Um, okay, so let's talk about the trade from. Oh, also, real quick, I want to mention that the Suns defensively are really, really looking tough. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are. They're going to give up a lot of points. They're going to give up many court. points. Yeah, I mean, Beal is front court. Front court. Yeah, sorry, I always get that mixed up. They're it's they're looking rough. It's going to be it's going to be tough. Um, okay, talk about this from the Wizards' point of view here. I love this trade for the Wizards. I think it's, I mean, well, in a vacuum for what it is right now. I guess not in a vacuum technically, but um, looking at it for right now, what they could have done with their options. I love this trade. Should have done it last year to get picks for this year for a great draft. The next draft is going to be one of the worst in history. So you're getting a bunch of second round picks for that draft. Not ideal. Um you should have done this before. You, they in, they 
made themselves be a pretty mid-tier, so they got like a pretty average pick for this upcoming draft, when in reality, reality they should have traded Beal last season um, to be really bad and maybe get a higher lottery pick in a good draft this year. So they kind of screwed the pooch on that one. But it is what it is. For now, I mean, Beal had the no-trade clause, so they had to get him somewhere. The reason I like this trade is because it may it means that they're finally doing what they should have done for the last decade, which is actually pick a direction and go full rebuild. So I'm happy for the Wizards fans because they now have something to know what or they actually know what their team is doing. They're not being a mid-tier team that misses the playoffs but has big hopes. They're now a bad team that is looking to be worse. And I think I saw a tweet where they're looking to take on bad contracts in order to build up draft capital. This team finally does the rebuild that they needed to do forever. Let's hope they don't make any more fucking terrible picks like they did last year with Johnny, whatever fuck his name is, who plays in the G League. Mm. Johnny Davis? Johnny Davis, yes. So, Jordan, what are your thoughts on this trade for the Wizards' point of view? I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think this trade, the Bradley Beal move, should have been made like three years ago. or What his value oh, yeah, was yeah. Really He should have high. never gotten this contract in the first place. Yeah. That that's a hundred percent true. They could have made this move years ago and gotten a lot more for him. So that's why it's it's kind of painful when you see what they end up getting for him because a couple years ago they they could have got easily a couple first rounders I think and probably I mean, a good player as well. Look at the Gobert package, right? You could have gotten that. You could have. Could you imagine what Bradley Beal goes for if that's the Gobert package? Exactly. I. So it's just painful for them to look back at, but I do agree it's the right move now. They needed to blow that up and get him out of there and start a full rebuild. So yeah, I'm not gonna repeat anything you said. Butsy, Butsy, you're muted, buddy. Also weird that you're wearing a Florida Gator shirt. But oh no, sorry, I didn't like... realize I was muted. I just thought I was being an asshole to Jordan when I was kind of talking over him, and he just <laughs> didn't like acknowledge me. I thought he was just like fucking big dick in me when it came to uh podcasting which <laughs> happens karma. sometimes um but especially after multiple 30 point you know average like averaging 30 points a game for a couple seasons in a row like i think they ha- could have had a much better window i know he had the no trade clause but like they could have sold a lot higher on on him uh at at any point in his career um yeah. other than right now um, but they, this team has been in limbo. They've been like the 10 seed in the East for what feels like so, uh, just so many years. I know the Celtics ran into him in the playoffs when what, 20 fucking 15, 18, 16. like 16, 17, 18, somewhere around then. Um, ran into him a couple times, but besides that, like this team has never really, you know, made any headway. And that was with, uh, John Wall as well back in the day. But um, this team finally, like you guys said, has a sense of direction, and I could not be more happy for this team. Although it's not a great direction for now, um, at least there's some um, sense of awareness in, in what this team is looking to do in the future. Yeah, and also they have one of the worst draft histories. I'm going to run through it. Last year, pick 10 was Johnny Davis. Uh, 2021, pick 15 was Corey Kispert, who I actually like. That was not a bad, not a, not a terrible pick. Um, 2020 last pick, uh, ninth pick was Denny Advita, who was all right, but I mean, like, ninth pick is a little, little high for him. Um, 2019 was Rui at pick nine. 2018 was Troy Brown Jr. at pick 15. Uh, 2015 was Jerry and Grant at 19. Mm-hmm. Um, 
2013 was Otto Porter at three. And 2012 wow. was Brad, Bradley Beal at three. Um, and then 2011 was Jan Vesely at six. Um, 2011 was Chris Singleton at 18. Uh, 2010 was John Wall at one. 20, 20, 2008 was JaVale McGee at 18. And 2007 was Nick Young at 16. So they've had... Dude, they've had so many draft picks. I think the worst one has to be Otto Porter Jr. at three. You guys oh, want to yeah. guess who went who went number 15 in the Otto Porter draft? What year was it? 2013. Uh, uh, it's not Giannis Depot. Went 13th. It was Giannis. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he, went, he went 15th to Milwaukee. So, I mean, I they're not the 19. only ones. They're not the only ones who passed on him, but, like, you took Otto Porter. Come on. Yeah, I mean, look, at I mean, three. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of, but who like who is behind that? That draft isn't very good, if I remember. No, it's no, Anthony it's Bennett, a terrible record, draft. right? Yeah, it's yeah, a horrible it was, draft. It's the draft. It's Anthony Bennett, Victor Oladipo, Otto Porter, Cody Zeller, Alex Lynn, Nerlens Noel, Ben McLemore, KCP, Trey Burke, CJ oh McCollum, God, Michael Carter Williams, Stephen Adams, Kelly Olynyk, Shabazz Muhammad, shout out, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Lucas oh. Nogueira. That was the guy the Celtics drafted. He couldn't put his hat on. Remember that he had to like. Lay it on top of his afro. Um, I think he was out of Brazil. Um, uh, Dennis Schroeder, Shane Larkin, former Celtic, Sergey Karasev, Tony Snell. Shout out to Tony Snell. Uh, Gorgie Dang, Mason Plumley, Solomon Hill, Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, Andre Robertson, Rudy Gobert. I mean, and then all right. Gets, so good. So real. good second round. So good. So yeah. so good second round. But I mean, just one of the worst first round drafts in in recent oh, memory. That, that is. <laughs> that is that is a tough tough um tough tough draft. The 2020 draft too is one that they they missed out uh pretty heavily on I believe because they took um that is the one that they took Denny Advita. Right after that was Jalen Smith, Devin Vassell, Tyrese Halliburton, uh Aaron Neesmith, Cole Anthony, Isaiah Stewart, Josh Green, who I I know Jordan I really like Josh Green on the Mavs. Um Precious Achua, Sadiq Bey, Tyrese Maxey, uh, Zeke Nanaji, Emmanuel Quickly, Peyton Pritchard, um, Desmond Bain, Jaden McDaniels. Like they uh they missed on some guys there. And then the 2021 draft, which is I believe the one where they take I think that's the Rui draft. I could be wrong about that, but I know they missed on that one as well. Um Rui's good, dude. He was no, not good for the good. Wizards. Not for the Wizards, though. I mean, they they gave up on him. He's so he was young. Like sorry, they, they, he was young. So fifteen was Corey Kisper in that draft. They after that is Alperen Singoon, Trey Murphy, Trey Mann, Kai Jones, Jalen Johnson, Keon Johnson, Isaiah Jackson, Usman Garuba, Josh Christopher, Quentin Grimes, Cam Thomas, Jaden Springer, um, Bones Highland, Dayron Sharp, Santi Aldama, um, Luca Garza. I mean, it's not a great draft class. So I, honestly, I'll give him a pass for that one, but. It is tough that they missed out on guys like Alperin Sangoon, Trey Murphy, Trey Mann, Kai Jones. Um, actually, Kai Jones isn't that great, but he's all right. Um, so, yeah, they've definitely had a really tough history of draft picks. Um, I think D.C. can be a market if you like the Capitals really run that city and free agents do want to go there. Like D.C. is a fun area to live. So I think if you I mean, they're getting new management finally, which they got rid of their old management, their old owner, who was one of the worst owners in the NBA. So. Um, getting a new owner in there. They finally have a direction. I'm happy for the Wizards fans. It's going to be a shitty couple of years, but 
it's going to be worth it. At least you have a direction. Um, some little, some possible insider trading here. I don't know if you guys heard this with this Bradley Beal trade. Are you guys familiar with this? No, I'm not. Okay. Me. So, oh, 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 the, 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 the agent and the dad at the Suns. Yeah. So Bradley Beal's agent, Berylstein. Berylstein, there's T in there, but it's probably quiet. Berylstein, silent yeah. T, Berylstein, is the father of Phoenix Suns CEO, Josh Berylstein. Other way around. And this happened very, uh, or the other way around, other way around. Yeah. CEO, okay, well, not, the headline, CEO is, is the, the headline is so wrong. Oh, I think. So right? Josh Berylstein is the, unless the headline's wrong, the headline might be wrong. I could be wrong. I, I don't, I, it would just be crazy if the CEO is the It's son. a father-son tandem, regardless. No, the CEO yeah, I know, is it's kind of whack. Oh, that, okay, never mind. I was wrong. Sorry. Okay, so yeah, all right. So the headline was right, but this kind of happened uh, a little, little recently. There's, a, there's some, there's some insider iffy, iffy, iffy information going on there that uh, I don't think a lot of people are talking about with this, with this trade. I'm actually surprised this isn't a bigger headline. Um, across kind of like we haven't seen on ESPN, we haven't seen it anywhere. Like this is, this is kind of like what the fuck is this? Like, well, does that matter though? Yeah, it's like a I, I don't area. think so, but yeah, it, but it's because uh, like both sides, I guess, kind of got what they wanted, and it didn't like there's, I mean, well, I don't know the Suns, I don't know, I don't know, I actually really don't know because um, it's just something to talk about, but I don't think it really impacts anything. So ten percent of forty million, forty six million is four point six million. His trade kicker is ten percent, um, because of the no trade clause, he has a ten percent trade kicker. Something, excuse me. Something to put out there. Maybe, something maybe to think about. Maybe yeah. I think if it was like if the if the Sun had accepted a trade for like all of the Wizards' assets and was like Happy Father's Day, then maybe that that would be something. <laughs> but I think like this this trade kind of makes sense for both sides. You can see where both sides are coming from, so that's probably why it's not a bigger headline because there's there doesn't seem to be any corruption here. No, I mean, obviously well, they they area. definitely. They definitely Polluted. had a phone call about it, but like oh, yeah. <laughs> that, there's nothing hey dad, illegal. Hey dad, about can that. I? He did. Hey dad, can I have Bradley Beal? Yeah, we all. Yeah. <laughs> dad, come on. Um, you you also know he definitely had to call his dad on that day because it was Father's Day. So he definitely did talk to his father. Just putting that. Think about just throwing me Brad Beal. I'll give you like a couple seconds and <laughs> yeah. Landry Shamit. What do you think? What do you think? Actually, yeah. he's actually not even. I forgot he's Bradley Beal's agent. Not the not a thing, but um. Yes, nice and then, so the other the other thing that wasn't really talked about too is that uh, Brad Beal was between the Kings, the Heat, and the Suns. Um, I think the 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 Heat had the best package to give. Um, this could go one of two ways: either Brad Beal, it's the collusion thing that Butsy's alluding to, or it's that the Wizards also just wouldn't have taken the Heat package um, because. That includes like a Tyler Hero and some other good players that they would have to pay, maybe, and they would probably rather go full rebuild. So just putting that putting that out there uh, as to what that was. But all right, anything else to say on this trade before we go? This is just a quick little bonus episode. We're going to be coming at you guys with a lot of content, uh, draft related stuff coming up. We have a football episode with Zwick coming up tomorrow. Um, but for yeah, we're really going to be hammering the draft and. I think there's going to be a lot of movement at the deadline. I mean, Bill Simmons today said that he heard from a really reliable source that Zion will not be on the Pelicans on Thursday. So we have to stay tuned for that. I mean, there's going to be a bunch of movement. 
Um, we're going to be covering it all. We're going to be covering the draft, you know, everything, and then still continuously starting to ramp up uh, NB- NFL stuff, rather. But any other things on this trade before we go from either of you? No? Nothing on this trade, but I do think Dame is going to be um, in a Miami Heat jersey, and I'm really upset about it. Wow, I, I think agree. he's staying. I think he's staying. I think I, I think don't it's, think he stays. I pray I think he stays. Third pick for a solid player start. I don't know. Well, we get, if we'll Zion, save it. If Zion Williamson's a Nick, I'm jumping out of my window. Oh, <laughs> Silver yeah. lining: DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a Patriot. So we that, have that that could really just lift the spirits. That, <laughs> that would be really nice. Lift the spirits. That would that be, would be nice. no. Uh, uh, yeah, hey, Max, you, you yeah, stay out of that Steelers one. Steelers guy. Come on. <laughs> stay out of this That would be nice for you Let guys. the Patriots fans discuss. Yeah, yeah. The big boys <laughs> yeah. are talking. All right, all right. Well, that's the time <laughs> of the show where we got to finish it up. Thank you all for listening. We will be back tomorrow with an NFL episode with Switch.